welcome to the Dragon Fistle Rugby Pod. I'm Sean, and I'm joined by Mike. How's things? I'm all good, mate. How's yourself? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. Not bad. A bit tired. Working early. But getting the pennies in before Christmas. If I'm allowed out for Christmas, no one knows. <laughs> been up to much? No, my missus has been doing all like Christmas shopping already online. So right. uh, yeah, so she's actually in fair play to her. She's uh, she's like so good at like getting like getting gifts for people and things like that. Like I just like put money in a card or something normally, but like she's like actually put some thought into it and gets presents. So I'm like, I just let her crack on with it now. Uh, man, I'm truly atrocious. Whereas, as you know, my wife is very good at buying presents. Very good at buying presents for me, anyway. <laughs> She's a blinder, to be fair. Uh, right, so I was sober this weekend. I wasn't found in a pool of my own sick, which is good. <laughs> didn't touch a drop. Didn't touch a drop. We'll see you about tomorrow. Uh, right, so obviously, I mean, news-wise, there's obviously been some big news out this week uh, from the Welsh uh, camp. But uh, I think we'll start off with you, mate. Have you got anything? Yeah, so I only had a couple of bits this week um, without actually touching the, the Scotland squad itself. So one of the things that came in, which a few people have put on Twitter as well, is about the, the ticket prices for the Scotland games, if they go ahead or if they're allowed fans for the Six Nations in 2021. So you had to go on uh, this paper Nevis, this Nevis thing, which was like 40 quid or 35 quid or something like that, which then gets you a, a place in the ballot to try and book tickets. And then the tickets have been split into like category one and category two rather than, um, I think it was like platinum, gold, silver, bronze before or something like that. And it's just like kids' prices and things like that as well. A lot of people saying that they have to remortgage the home and things like that to get tickets. Now, I do think it's like, I can see obviously why they put ticket prices and change the ticket prices and things like that because the current climate, they obviously need money. Um but they probably should have released the ticket prices before they started advertising the Nevis stuff because then people would have decided beforehand whether getting the Nevis thing was, was worth it because they might pay, pay 40 quid for a Nevis um, like ticket, ticket to go into the uh, ballot, but then like, a ticket's 110 quid and they're like, well, I can't afford that now. So I think they should have uh, yeah. released the prices before they did the Nevis thing. But it is what it is. As I said, like, I'm, I'm very much, if you don't want to pay for the ticket, don't pay. Watch watch it in a pub if you can, or or watch it at home. You know, um, we only really go to like one or two games a year because the tickets are expensive anyway. But we, you know, we try and go. But um, if if they were more affordable, we'd probably try and go to more games. But it, it is what it is, and, and and that's the way it is. Yeah, I mean, I suppose with it as, as well. I mean, I spoke talking about me and you. We ours is travel as well. Obviously, where we where we're from or where we live. You know, I'm in the northwest and. You live in North Wales, where I used to live. We're either travelling four and a half hours, whatever, up to Edinburgh, or we're travelling three and a half hours down to Cardiff to watch the games, aren't we, as well? So when tickets are expensive, obviously, I think, what was it? I think our tickets, because obviously Welsh tickets are quite expensive, if I'm, if I'm honest. And it's very hard to kind of get the cheaper ones. And the cheaper ones are probably 75, maybe. I think the tickets we had for the Scotland game in March were, I think they were 90. 
they up to 130 something or 120 something. So, yeah, it's an expensive gig now. Obviously, I mean, I think because we don't go get to go to as many games as we'd like to, we, we me and you do tend to pay, don't we? But mm-hmm. obviously, during these games, it's not necessarily even in Scotland. It's not necessarily people who are local. So if you're having to pay for either travel or accommodation, or you've already paid for a membership on top. Bit of a tough one, really, but yeah, I can understand. I suppose the, uh, uh, where we are at the moment in the countries as well, um, it's a tough one, really, because you're obviously asking for money off people uh, at tough times. But yeah, I, I, I'm a bit like you, mate. If you if you want to if you want to go, you'll pay. If you don't want to pay, you can always watch it in the pub. Um, you know, so yeah. Not not ideal, I suppose. Like you say, it would have probably been nice to put prices out earlier before people signed up for... Obviously, a, a few people might have signed up for the Nevis uh, for the Lions tickets as well, didn't they? Because they had a thing with Lions tickets as well. So I'm not necessarily saying that as well, but that also might have dragged people in for it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, so a bit of news after that, when was... Um, all I've seen is... Um, uh, South African prop, I think it's Ewan De Bruyne from Super Rugby side, the Cheaters. They've signed him on a three-year deal, but he's actually going to Leicester first for seven months. So finish the season with Leicester, and then he's going to sign for Edinburgh. I think I initially thought he was going to be like a project player, but he's I think he's 27, 28. So with this five-year rule thing, he's not going to be eligible. He wouldn't be eligible for Scotland until he was like 33. So I don't think he's been signed with that in mind. I think he's just been signed because they probably need some more another prop. Um, I, I a bit. I, I don't. I don't. Depending on how much he's he's earning, I, I suppose I'm not overly bothered. But it'd be nice if they were like looking into the Super Six and trying to bring players in development from there. But I'm guessing they've gone for a player that's that's already ready to play rugby in the Premiership, and you know, the Super Six isn't even happening at the moment because of COVID, and it, and it might not be in that. You know, it might still not be happening in seven months' time when he comes to Edinburgh. So, at least when he comes to Edinburgh, he'll be good, ready to play, and and they'll go from there. I suppose that one as well, uh, thinking ahead, I mean, it's popped into my mind now, he's potentially taking WP Nell's place at Edinburgh. Yeah. Long-term, because obviously Nell's probably 34 now, isn't he? Uh, yeah. He's still playing. He's still playing well, don't get me wrong. He's still doing the business, but obviously, if you're looking seven months down the line, he signed a three-year contract. You probably maybe get another season out of now. And if Bergen's going to be away with Scotland, I suppose they're looking. If, and if Edinburgh want to carry on being his team that's competing, that's the sort of thing. I mean, he's he's top Matt Scott's money, mate. You must be fuming. <laughs> top Matt Scott's money, mate. Sounds like Absol- it, isn't it. Absolutely raging. Um, yeah. So I mean, talking about South African props. Um, Room Razit Scarlet's are going to sign uh, Peter Schultz uh, from the Southern Kings or what was the Southern Kings. Uh, tight head, tight head prop cover. I think it's only on a, a sort of a, a short term deal. Uh, obviously, with Samson Lee being away in the Six Nations, sorry, Autumn Nations, or as, as I heard it the other day, the Amazon Cup. Kind of like that. So he's wearing the Amazon Cup. Um, I think they've got an injury there. So, yeah, Peter Schultz, another South African. I think it's only short term. I don't think it's uh, 
it's going to be uh, for very long. So, yeah, I think everyone's going to go for uh, South African front row players at the moment, aren't they? So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right, we'll move on. Do you know what we didn't say the other week? And I can't believe you forgot me. Sean Connery. All right, Pete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shaken, not stirred. <laughs> yeah, bad oh, news, that, isn't it? Yeah, horrible, mate. Horrible. Everyone loves Sean Connery. Legend. Legend. Top James Bond. Hello, Miss Money Penny. My you terrible need to work Sean. Your accent, mate. Yeah. That was class. That was class. <laughs> Uh, right, yeah, so yeah, sorry, just that last bit. So I think we'll probably move on to the big news that came out this week. Um, Byron Hayward leaving the Wales team sacked, or it was it was an agreement between Pivak and Hayward that he would leave. Quite a shock. I don't think anyone was expecting, uh, or anyone who wasn't sort of close to the team, anyone who's expecting him to go. Uh, kind of a strange decision, so close to a tournament. Let's say you know, obviously, what we what uh, what we're going to be doing now. So, I thought if you were going to sort of do it, you'd probably do it at the end of the tournament, leading into the Six Nations. Um, lots of rumours, lots of talk being had, lots of talk being had with actually no facts. Um, and I always find things like this: the truth doesn't tend to come out for a good few years when a few players have retired and they're writing a book or a coach is writing a book. So um, I suppose I'll probably, before I give my sort of opinion on it, I'll I'll probably uh, ask you, to be honest, as an outsider, there isn't actually a whole load of, of information. Uh, there was rumours of player power. And yeah. There's rumours, obviously, it was all Pivak. Um Obviously, the media has got involved, and uh, you know, it's a bit of it's it, it's not a bit of it's a it's a shit show. Um, so yeah, before I sort of give my opinion, I'd probably quite like to hear yours. So the bit I read, or some of the bits I've read, was um, that yeah, player like he'd spoken to the players or something. Pivot spoke to the players, and, and they all agreed. I mean, I suppose the bit that that I look at is that Warburton and Ryan Jones have recently left as well for whatever reasons they gave and you just start to think now did they leave because they didn't like the actual regime that was in there I know they would have given different reasons but that's because they're professional and they're not going to come out bad mouthing thing and people and stuff like that but so part of me thinks that maybe they left because they didn't like the regime um now and then obviously it's gone on to Hayward and and, and what what's happened's happened um you know Rumours are rumours, but there's usually always a little bit of truth behind a rumour because it has to start somewhere. So it wouldn't surprise me if there's a bit of a player kind of unrest or you know didn't like how he did things because he's obviously different than than Sean Edwards. Um, but then the day the responsibility lies with Pivak, he is in charge. So you know it's, it was ultimately his decision along with Hayward because did he voluntarily step down in the end? I think yeah, I think from what. What we've heard is they've sat down and spoke. They did a review of the Six Nations. They sat down, had a chat, and sort of mutually agreed to part ways, um, whatever that means. Yeah, I mean, because against all right, against France, you, in the Six Nations in general, your defence wasn't great. 
but other than the England game, or Italy, okay, I suppose your attack wasn't anything special either, really. No, dis- I'm not like that's not me just being disrespectful or anything like that. You know, Wales just didn't perform in the Six Nations for whatever reason. Um, like against Scotland, I thought Wales defended pretty well. Um, Scotland had a lot of the ball, and you know, other than they didn't, other than the try that they did score, they didn't really look like scoring a try. I get the conditions mm-hmm. weren't great either, but then you could argue that other than the Wales try, Wales scored. They didn't look like scoring a try. Mm-hmm. So I think when a when a coach comes in, obviously depending on what's going on in the background and things like that, he needs to be given time to get his message across and do what he needs to do. And the fact is, that all the Wales coaches got two year deals with the option of the extra two, isn't it? So yeah. well, four year four year deal, but like a two a, a gap after two, and um, right, and um, going from there, um, you know. Um, I've lost my trail of thought now. <laughs> yeah, but obviously they could make the decision after two years, and then if they think it wasn't yeah. working, they could just get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of points there because I think media, as it does with anything like this, doesn't it? Because I think because it was a bit of a shock, and people weren't expecting it. Obviously, they jump onto it. I have said strange decision. Um, um, I, I've I've said on here routinely about Pivak, you know, he should be given the time. He should be given at least them two years. The whole player power thing. I mean, you said he it was said that he spoke to the players. If you actually read the interview, the headline basically writes that Pivak spoke to the players and the players agreed for it to happen or whatever. You know what I mean? If you actually read it. He says to him, they ask him, you know, the players, did you speak to the players about Haywood? And he, his quote was, I always speak to the players. We always assess him with players and stuff like that. So he actually never said, he basically said, I just always talk to the players, which isn't strange, is it, for a coach no, to be no, talking to the players? Yeah. I mean, the, so, the, the headline would have been for clickbait, isn't it? So, of course people. it is. It, yeah, yeah, it's to get people there, which is, you know, listen, that is media, isn't it? The media can be great or the media can be terrible. Um, the, other thing, the other headline, and it's something to say say about Warburton and stuff, they've said, you know, the WI is in shambles because in the last sort of two months, five people have left now. If you look at the five departures, the two the two departures they were talking about, is it Martin Phillips and uh, Thingy Davis, they, they, those two are leaving anyway. They, they, one of them got voted out, and the other one was leaving anyway. So I think that one there has already been replaced. By the way, they've both been replaced. So I think the same again. It's clickbait. Um, Ryan Jones, I get, I get the thing with Ryan Jones. Neither one of them, he hasn't spoke out, but his job wasn't to do with the the main squad. He had nothing to do with the main squad. His was all pathway. So sevens teams, under twenties. Working with Premiership teams, yeah, they're but, not but, going to be playing. Sorry, with the with well, the seven teams and things that are obviously lack of Got funding. Things that are. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. from his point of view, he probably thinks, well, this is a bit shit. They've disbanded it. There's less there's less money coming in. Covid's it. I don't. You know, he could think that that maybe it is a shit show in there. And all right, it might not be from the the normal playing squad, but it's still part of the WRU, isn't it? It is, yeah, but I mean, to me, that reeks of listen. We don't have a sevens team. We don't know when the under twenties are going to play. 
I just think, I mean, to me, I, I mean, that that's the thing. We're speculating and everyone else is speculating. Sam Warburton's a funny one. He hasn't said anything. Now he's doing, he's going to be working for Amazon Prime. So whether he speaks out now, I'm not too sure. He seems quite like a a, a nice, loyal guy. But I, to be honest, I'd rather if him speak about why he's left. The rumour is, one of the rumours is, that he wasn't happy with how the camps were being run uh, on a professional side, which you probably get from him. He seems like, you know, having read his book and obviously looked at his career, he's kind of like a hard-working bloke. Um, one of the rumours is that he didn't like the way things were getting run. So that's why he said, listen, I'm only a sort of consultant anyway. So I'm, I'm having it. And obviously the Hayward thing now. Um, I think it's a bit of a panic move. I do think Pivak's in a bit of a, a panic at the moment. Like you say, our defence was far better than it had been uh, in that Scotland game. Um, like you say, I suppose the try that both tries that team scored were from lineouts and going over. Scotland broke through once, obviously when Harris had his chance. But other than that, you know they they defended pretty well. Um, obviously, the thing to think of now is Gethin Jenkins is going to jump in, um, and obviously he's worked with the Cardiff Blues, he's worked with academy players, he's worked with under twenties, but obviously. His experience is is probably not not there like a Byron Haywood because Byron Haywood's you know been in the game a while. He's worked with Pivot for six years. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's been a lot said. I mean, I don't know if you've listened to any podcast this week. I mean, Hugo Monny said uh, Wales are a sinking ship. Um, a bit extreme, isn't it? That a bit extreme. Well, I mean, I mean, the other thing they were saying, they were talking about Gethin Jenkins, and in some parts, I completely agree with him. You know, this, you know, he is a, uh, an inexperienced coach at that level. Of course, he is. Um, but they were saying, you know, how can a, a, a tight head prop tell a wing or a fullback how to defend? You know, he's just not going to have that positional sense because he's never played there. And to be honest. Part of that I agree with, you know, because he hasn't played there. But my my rebuke to that is, and this is Danny Kerr and Hugo Monier, is Sean Edwards never played rugby union in his life. <laughs> There's a lot of defence coaches who never played rugby union in their life. And defending rugby league is different to defending a rugby union. Yeah. Or I mean, bit, Sean, is- Edwards, Sean Edwards was way more experienced, so maybe it's not the best example. And I see where they're coming from. Um and I don't think it's the solution, but I think it's obviously a solution to go. I think I think some of the players would would like working with Gethin Jenkins because we've got a lot of players who actually played with him. And I think yeah. Gethin Jenkins will have the same mindset as a Sean Edwards. But then, are we going to go back to that, or are we just going to get confused now? I suppose that's the point. It just if you if 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 you really thought he had to go. I would have done it at the end of this before the Six Nations and try and get someone in before the Six Nations. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Gethin Jenkins, which I just think, like, Ugo Monia and Danny Kerr coming out saying that, I mean, they, they, they should know better. Um, like, Gethin Jenkins isn't no mug. He's going to do his due diligence. He's going to do his research. He's going to study. He's going to do whatever. He's going to speak to people in the game that he knows, like, he's got. he's going to have mates that, you know, wasn't he coached under Sean Edwards? Do you know what I mean? 
So he's yeah. not like he's not learnt off anything off these people. He will have seen no, I, Sean Edwards coach defensively coach the Welsh team for years, and you know he'll be he'll have picked up plenty off other coaches in order for him to be able to say how players should and shouldn't defend. You know, if a winger doesn't want to learn from him and says, oh, "I don't think that's right," Jeff and Jenkins can even like be like, "Well, I'll get." You know, well, you, can do, you, know. you can do one, and I'll get someone else that will do it. You know, yeah. you I mean, learn it, or you know, if he's a good coach, well, he'll listen to players and be like, "Well, what about if we do this?" He'll he'll be open to change and things. Like, oh, that's how it works. Yeah. A, a team, and you're yeah. a team, not just the 15 on the pitch, but all the way through. So saying that Geff, they're not going to listen to Jack Geff and Jenkins because he doesn't know how a winger is supposed to defend. I'm pretty sure he's seen Sean Edwards and other defensive coaches on a rugby pitch teaching wingers how to defend. So for them to say that, it's a bit naive. Yes, he's not as experienced as a coach, as a Sean Edwards or whoever, but he's going to have like his own opinions on how things are done. He is an experienced person. He played international rugby for years. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, you're talking about a guy who won over 100 caps and toured, I think, three times with the Lions or at least two times with the Lions. And as well as, I mean, they're talking, yes, he's inexperienced, but he's been working with academies and he's been working with uh, under-21s and he's worked with the Cardiff Blues. So do you think the Cardiff Blues are employing a guy who can only teach how forwards can defend? Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I was a bit naive. Um, and I, I agree with some of them. I mean, it's, it's a surprise. I think he, he, he came in to do Sam Warburton's role. I think the reason they kind of done that is because he was already on the payroll, because he was working with the under-20s. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe some of the players might react to him well. Like you said, he's played. He played majority, of, or a lot of sorry, a lot of his his uh, Wales career under Sean Edwards. So I don't know. I mean, to, to round it all up, it is a shit show. It's a bit embarrassing. Um, and to be honest, it's got a work. It's got a work for Pivot now. It's quite a big decision to make. It's quite a big de- or. Is it now that he's done this, he can go, listen, we've got an inexperienced coaching, we'll do our best. Is, is it a get-out clause? I don't know. I don't know. I suppose there's no point in really, really um, finishing anything with it until the tournament's done or until, obviously, after we play Ireland tomorrow. Um, whether it's made any difference, no one knows today. So I suppose, you know, listen, if we come out and we win all three games, win the final, not going to happen. Let's say it does. Oh, is everyone going to go, you know, is Hugo Money going to go, I was wrong, Geffen Jenkins is on the best defensive coaches round. No one knows today. So, uh, yeah, it's just very, very strange. And I think, I suppose it's another, a lot of people are talking about Wales now. We're obviously not, not in a positive tone, which they deserve. You know, that they haven't been great. There's a lot of talking points. I just think it shines a limelight when we don't really need it. But, <laughs> but other, other than, you say Wales have been poor, and I agree they've not been as good as we normally know. I mean, if you take away the France game, it's not like you've been getting your ass handed to you. They're all the games are close. You've got no, yeah. Yeah. By England. Um, how much did you get beat? 10 points by Ireland, 4 points by yeah. Scotland, something like that. No, it's not four. like you were getting that. Yeah. Say again? Four points against France as well. Yeah, the one in the situation, sorry. Yeah. It's, you're not, you're not uh, getting your ass handed to you. So that's, this, you know. It's... There's things to remember. And it, uh, these are things I didn't point out last week after I was kind of going in on, on the thingy. If people go on about Gatland, Gatland had poor years. If Gatland, imagine if he didn't come in in Wales, didn't win a Grand Slam in the first season. 
Do you know what I mean? He'd have got shit. It's hard. It, people seem to forget as well. England came fifth in the Six Nations two years ago. Yeah. These things happen. All right, we, we, we're on a losing streak and things like that. Like, we're not playing well. <laughs> we all know this thing. The thing that they also think with Byron Hayward, it's not like our forwards have been smashing it. So, Jonathan Humphreys, um, it's not like our attack smashing it, albeit they're not getting a lot of a lot of ball. And when they are getting it, they're kicking it. So, are these players, are these coaches also under scrutiny? Is that and that's what makes me think it's something. It's not just that because you could you could get rid of all them, you could sack them all and go. Listen, I just need all new coaches, but you can't do that. So I do think there's a little bit more to it. I do think it will come out uh, eventually, uh, and I hope it does because I think you know as fans. And as obviously players, um, you know, I hope I hope to to God it's not the players who go and get rid of him because I think that's poor form. I think you should, you know, he's the coach. As the time he's there, you should have to listen. I mean, whether they thought it was a proper, you know, unless the players have gone, listen, Wayne, this guy's not going to do it international level. I don't know. I, I I hope it's not that. I hope it's not that. But I mean, I. You either will find out the truth in years to come or you won't find out at all. So, yeah, just <laughs> just a strange one. Just a strange one. But, obviously, that leads us into uh, the games this week. Uh, so, you've got uh, Ireland versus Wales, which is tomorrow night, which is 7 o'clock kickoff. Anyone who hasn't got Amazon Prime, it's on Channel 4. Chill your beans and it's on S4C as well. Um, but this is the time now. This is the time now to get your Amazon Prime because you get a month free. <laughs> so actually, I think, it is, I think if you get it from Monday, if you watch the game on Channel 4 tomorrow and then you get it from Monday, I think you get all the games then up until the final Amazon Prime for free for a month. There you go. Tip for you. So yeah, you've got Wales versus Ireland tomorrow and then you've got Scotland versus Italy on Saturday. Quarter to one kickoff, isn't it? Early kickoff. Yeah. Which is decent. I'll probably be working until 12, get home, shower, ready. So, yeah, two two big games. Um, might as well talk about Wales first, as we're the, the game that's on Friday. Um, and leading into a bit more controversy and bullshit, because I think <laughs> there was... Um, well, I think there was a lot of uh, fans, and I think media, uh, upset this week when the teams were announced. Um, obviously, I know I made I, I predicted my team, which I knew Pivot wouldn't do. Um, but the fact he's only changed one player, he's either thinking I'm going to get um, a response from them, but I don't know. I don't know. I you know he was quoted, and, I, and I've said this. I mean, I, I've been trying to I've been trying to support Pivot. To be honest, I do think he should be given a chance. But when he's quoting in the media by saying players will get chances in this autumn cup, we were trying to trying to get the we're trying to do well in the Six Nations in the last game in the France. The players will get a chance. The, all the players will get a chance in this autumn nations. Bullshit. Bringing <laughs> bringing Tipperick back in, I've got no problem with that. You know, Tipperick on his day, world class player. But then not to change any other player after such a dour and shocking performance against Scotland, it's just poor form. Absolute poor form. And, you know, 
I think before the Scotland game, you'd had a lot of fans going, I'm not sure whether we should throw them in and all new players, your Yashidis, your Johnny Williams, your Jonah Holmes, Louis Rees-Samets and stuff. I think that's turned now. I think people are just like, listen, no one gives a shit anymore. No one gives a shit about this Autumn Nations. Throw these lads in. I, I think uh, I was having a discussion on um, on Facebook. Um, on Rugby Chat and Banner, get on it. Good discussions on there. Um on that, and I made the point is I, I'm not asked about seeing Sheedy, Johnny Williams, Louis Reesamit, Joan Holmes playing against Georgia. I'm not asked for that because if they need to be called up in the Six Nations, they're not playing Georgians. They're going to be playing Ireland's, England, Scotland's, France's, Italy's. You know, I, I couldn't give a shit what they do against Georgia. I want them to win. Obviously, I want them to do well. But I think you can drip feed these players in, and I think. He's, I think Pivak's in pure panic mode and I think he's he's decided I need to try and get a win and this is probably what he believes is the team to win. And I am glad that Sheedy's on the bench but I think having him on the bench doesn't mean to give him 10 minutes in the game. I think you've got to bring him on early, give him at least half hour. Um, North on the bench, he'll get 100 caps if he comes on which is, which is an achievement. He's only 28 years old. Um, Lloyd Williams on the bench. What's the point? Give give Kieran Hardy, give Kieran Hardy a, a chance off the bench against a good Irish team. See what he's made of. You know, like you say, there's nothing to it. So, yeah, rant done, mate. Rant done. I don't know what else. <laughs> I mean, the bench. I'm actually. I mean, Win Jones, Elliot Dean, Samson Lee is a front row. I think that's better. Samson Lee's a better scrummager. Uh, I, I like Elliot Day as a hooker. Wynne Jones is probably our best scrummage in Lucid. I think he won a penalty when he came on against Scotland. That's not too bad. Jake Ball, I would have had Jake Ball starting, uh, but I don't mind. That's quite a bit of impact. He, he is sort of like a powerful player. Um, and it's nice to see Sheedy. The rest of it, though, I mean, Navidi and Moriarty. Moriarty's injured for another two weeks. Navidi might be ready next week. Why have we not called up anyone else? And Ollie Griffiths or something like that, like, you know, because, you know, obviously James Davis, I don't, didn't seem like he was up for, up to it against Scotland. Wayne Wright, I do think he's a cracking player. I think he's got pure potential, but he's off form. Yeah, shit show. So, when I, when I saw the Welsh team, obviously, I'm, I was just disappointed because I do think you've got some cracking young players coming No, Tompkins. Yeah, no Tompkins, no Johnny Williams. Someone did say but, uh, I think Johnny Williams might be injured and obviously Reece Samet is apparently injured as well. No, he's not. He's fit. He's fit, is he? Uh, someone yeah, put something fit. on the Facebook thing and I, I just took him in yeah. his word. But, I mean, half penny, you know, just give him, you can you can take him out the firing line for a bit. Put Liam Williams at fullback, Reece Samet on the wing. You know, even if you they were two, the like, they, they could put like two, two, if you just bring two, two or three youngsters in, yeah. This yeah. time, see how they got on. You know, you can swap them around in the next game, but they're not even drip feeding them in. I'm glad that they left um, Will Rowlands in there. I'm glad they've given him another go. I'm glad they've yeah. given Shane Lewis Hughes another go. After mm-hmm. that, uh, I know Tip Rick's a world class operator, but you already know what he can do. So why not give Jonathan Davis, uh, Jamie Davis, another go, or start with Wainwright? Um, you know, they, it is what it is. Like Wales have already qualified in the top for the for the World Cup in the top tier. So they can throw caution to the wind. Um, you know, the players at the moment haven't performed for Pivak. 
and he can only give them so many chances to perform for him before he you know has to make changes. And at the same time, I suppose you got to look at it from the other point of view. You know, are the other players performing in training? You know, is when they when they train. I mean, I suppose like every ten, they would say like tens lead a lot in training. And Dan Bigger's clearly a big personality. If he's leading training, you know, and really taking grip of it, then maybe that's why he starts at 10 every game because he's such a big personality. And maybe a Patrick or Sheedy, who's coming in quite new, was is quite quiet, reserved at the moment. I, I don't know. But, you get you know, the feeling. Every, every, go on. No, go So I was going to say, everyone everyone knows what Bigger can do. Everyone knows what Halfpenny can do. Everyone knows what George North can do. Everyone knows what Jonathan Davis can do. Alan Wynne Jones can do, etc., etc. I think, like for Pivot now, with the situation he's in, it'd be better just to leave all them like out and just take a risk with the young lads. And then he kind of had to that. That would, for me, that would be his protection. He could be like, I'm using the Autumn Nations to um, to blood some young guys because we've already qualified the top tier for the uh, for the World Cup. And if I give them three games, four games in the Open Nations, these guys, then they're going to have more chance of being ready for the Six Nations. Already know Alan Wynne Jones, Lee Halfpenny, George North, etc., will be ready for the Six Nations because they're professionals and they've been there before. That's what I would do, but I'm not a coach, and I'm you know or anything like that. I'm just, I just think that would be his get out clause if he did that, because yeah. so, the Welsh fans would see that actually young players are getting a chance and an opportunity to shine. Yeah. So I mean the Sheedy thing. I think Sheedy's only on the bench because Patchell took a knock in training. Horrendous. Uh, you, know, I, I, you said it last week. I am a big fan of Patchell. I do think he's a good player. I do think he needs to go and play for the Scarlets. That's, that's another bugbear we'll come to another time that none of the players have been released to go play for the fucking clubs. But Sheedy's only there because Patchell got injured, which is nothing. The bigger point, so obviously bigger, probably, I mean, he's that personality, he's that sort of type of personality you see on the pitch, don't you? He is a winner. Um, he doesn't like it when he doesn't get his own way, you know, like a lot of tens, you know, typical. My thing with Bigger is sometimes it seems like they don't want to upset him. Um, I think I, I didn't say it on the pod last week, but I said it to you. Dan Bigger went off with an injury against Scotland, didn't he? He got injured yeah. in the warm up, he, he, he had an injury already, and he wasn't himself. Everyone could tell he wasn't himself. Um, and it was a back injury or something like that, like he wasn't himself. And Sheedy was actually warming up. So it's like you don't want to upset him because he, you know, I'd imagine Bigger gets a bit upset if he gets dropped, I can, I can imagine. But I don't see the problem with having Bigger on the bench. Almost like they did with whatever you, know, whatever you say about Anscombe. What Gatlin did with, with, with Anscombe is he put Anscombe in at 10, give him a run to see what he could do and how he would play with that team. And always had Bigger on the bench to go to to either close out games or if you wanted to change a game in a certain way. I don't see why we can't do that now. And, you know, no one's saying jettison bigger. But I want to see someone else play 10. The other thing about having bigger, and this is nothing horrible, but your 10, like you just said, your 10 runs your team, doesn't it, basically? You scrum off, your 10 runs the team. Pivak yeah. will have to... If, if, if bigger doesn't think it's going his way, he is programmed to Gatlin's way. Sheedy's not. Sheedy is, is Sheedy and Patchell to a point because he only played a bit under Gatlin. Aren't programmed that way. So can you change your way of playing if you've got bigger? Now people will say he's a professional. He should be able to change the way he plays. Maybe, yeah. But I still think, I mean, against Scotland, I do think they sort of, I said it last week, I think they not panic, but I think they reverted back to a way of playing. 
I'm with you. I think some of them, I mean, we spoke about the team I picked last week. You know, I didn't have Alan Wynne Jones in there. Um, I mean, you could have played Wainwright at number eight on Saturday to see how we went there. Uh, sorry, tomorrow. Um, I just think, you know, uh, John Davis, I'd give him a rest or I'd go say, listen, go and get a game for the Scarlets under your belt. Get some match fitness. Throw Tompkins in there with Johnny Williams. I think you've got to put Liam Williams at fullback. You know, if pe- people kicking, I've said it, I don't know how many times in here, and I've obviously repeated myself a lot, but people will kick to half and he knowing, listen, no issue. He's either, he's either going to do a up and under, which he actually signals. So when he signals that, every player drops back anyway. And all right, he's great at kick and chase, but you know, there's just no threat. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm always well, I'm, an, I'm I'm an optimist for Wales. Sometimes I, you know, I get excited um, about watching them play. It is, you know, it is my passion, and I can honestly say that came out uh, yesterday, and I was just no excitement at all. So, can no I ask this question about about Liam Williams? Is this a fair comment to make? He's a world class fullback, but I wouldn't say he's a world class winger. Is that unfair, or is that? Um, I'd say he's world class fullback. I just don't see, think you see the best of Liam Williams on the wing. I don't think. I think he could be a world class wing. I don't think he sees enough ball on the wing. Yeah, and that's he, what I'm he's getting a, at, yeah. he's an influential player. I, I put him up there with like. I'm not saying he is as good. I don't want to start that argument. I put him there with a hog. Hog is an influential player when he's got the ball in hand and he's attacking. Because he makes things happen, whether it's a break himself, whether it's putting something out, he's creative. You know, I mean, what you, well, I mean, with, with Halfpenny, it's like he's he's good, he's good under the high ball, he's good at defence. Uh, Liam Williams is a really good defender. Liam Williams is really good underneath a high ball. Hence, I mean, what's his nickname? Uh, the bomb diffuser. Um, but the difference. I bet no one is, calls him that, by the way. No one calls him that. I probably not. I think. He's been low. He's been low. I think it's his like his Twitter thing as well, isn't it? Bomb diffuser. Um, but I think if teams teams would would probably change kicking strategies, not whole, but I think if they if you kick loosely to Liam Williams or you kick loosely to Halfpenny, who are you more worried about? Yeah, absolutely, Liam um, Williams, hundred just, just just look at the the try. Uh, in the first test for the British Lions. I know he doesn't score it, but, but the way he starts it, yeah, yeah, he creates the whole thing. We, Wales have got not got that. And we need that sort of, we do need that creative sort of spark from him. Um, you know, Halfpenny's been a great servant. You can have him in the squad. But I do think it's his time to move on now. Uh, Lums a bit. I mean, there's the argument people argue if you put Sheedy and you've got to have Halfpenny to, you know, because you've got to have someone who can kick. I want to see how Sheedy kicks. I want to see how Sheedy kicks in an international game. You know what I mean? He kicks well for for Bristol. You know, there's no crowd. This this is the thing. There's no crowds at the moment. It's actually less pressure on kickers and stuff because there's no one booing him. There's no one in the background. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, just, I mean, just not, it's not inspiring. It's, it's not an inspiring selection. You know, there's players here that we love. I mean, Josh Adams has become almost a bystander. He's been looking for work and stuff like that. You're talking 
Josh Adams is a world-class winger. I mean, if I looked at that Wales team, there's only two players I think would go, right now would go on the Lions tour. And that's Liam Williams and Josh Adams. Yeah. You know? no. And I think six months ago, or well, when we picked our, our uh, Lions teams, I had more players, didn't I? I had more players. Maybe Gareth Davis. Maybe. That's a, that's a maybe. Scrum half's a little bit all over the place at the moment. You know? Um, you know, I'm just talking. I'm talking. They have two attacking weapons that Wales have got that other teams would love to have. You know, a Josh Adams or a Liam Williams in the team. So I just don't think we're getting the best out of them. I think you know, I think from Tompkins going from the Six Nations, where everyone was going, wow, he's got a bit to work on his defence. But what a player Wales have got. You know, there's a lot of play- lot of people who aren't even Wales fans going, got some player there. Guy can't even get a game now. Can't even, can't even get a game, and that's and that's not like you know. Owen Watkins, I'd probably keep him. I, you're right. I mean, you said last week you thought he, he had a decent enough game. I keep him at twelve. Wales have worked well when they've had a number twelve who can truck it up. You know, Hadley Park's done it. Jamie Roberts done it. Um, you know, I mean, the other one was someone said maybe try Patchell out at twelve. I'm not seeing that. I mean, I'm not sure how great defensively would be because he's took a few head knocks, but. I just want to see us try something a bit different. I wouldn't mind taking a few beatings. Obviously, we want to we want to beat Georgia. You know that's a given. I wouldn't mind taking a beating off off Ireland and England if we just seen a change. There's no change in Wales at the moment, and I think you know as a nation right now we're hugely frustrated. I, I'm 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 with you. I remember you said something about when are we you know. The Sean Edwards thing's gone. I'm getting sick of listening about Sean Edwards. I'm getting sick of listening about Warren Gatland. It's done. <laughs> John McNeese, listen, he was a great coach. He also went through, sh- you know, the last time we had a run like this was 2016. It's not that long ago. It's not that long ago. But he he won. He gets remembered because he won these championships and these grand slams. What could No one knows what Pivot could do in 12 years. We got, you know... We, it was fantastic. We got a grand slam in his first season and then it kind of went on from there. You know, one of our championships was Rob Howley in charge. People fucking forget these things. <laughs> I am a frustrated Wales fan. I think it's showing. There's a lot of shit going on. The, the, the rugby union in general is a shit show. But we need to be inspired and I think I get the feeling Pivak is, is almost a dead man walking. That's the feeling I'm getting now. I mean, there was it was on Facebook, so I don't believe it, but the rumour is that, you know, Wales are already trying to line up that Scott Robertson now from uh, Crusaders. Fuck yeah. That'd be a hell of a get. If we got him, that'd be a hell of a get. Like, but yeah. no, no one knows what he can do. And the, the reason people are... Uh, I mean, some people will be like, no chance. Scott Robertson wants the New Zealand job. He's not going to get that New Zealand job for the next four years at least. Unless that Ian Foster does a nightmare. So, you know, he could come to Wales for four years, um, see how, what sort of job he does and maybe get the New Zealand job, I don't know. Um, I think that's miles away. I don't think they've got the money to do that at the moment. Um, you know, that's just a, a bit of a rumour, which I don't believe. But Pivak has got the feeling of a dead man walking because I think he's put all his eggs in one basket to go. These And these are good players. Don't get me wrong, these are good players who aren't performing and maybe is that because some of them maybe are past it? 
I don't know. I don't want to say that about some of the players. Maybe, like you say, some of them aren't even match fit, probably. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, to be honest, I can only see us sort of getting beat tomorrow. Uh, you know, Ireland have got uh, got that, was it, low? can't remember his first name. James Lowe, isn't it? James Lowe. He's getting his first cap class player. Um, Murray's been dropped, which is a shock. So they've got that Gibson Park. You know, there's no Bundyaki, which I'm happy about. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, um, I do think I think I think one place where Wales might target is Stockdale at fullback. He wasn't that great under the high against. He wasn't that great in the high ball against France, and we do have. Not I don't want Wales to kick the ball a lot, but obviously that's a place to target. I mean, the forwards are still good. He oh, played back in the um, for Ulster in the in Europe against Toulouse, Toulon. And oh he yeah, got, he was awful. He was, he was awful, and he got done by um, Colby a few times as well. Chesley Colby, yeah. Um, you know, you got Omani in, in the forwards. He'll probably give us a few penalties. Oh, sorry, Omahoney. But they've got a good team out. You know, Ireland. You know, Ian Henderson and and uh, James Ryan, top class, second row. Front row's really good. You know, Caelan Doris looks like he's going to be some player. So, Ireland have still got a really good team. And, you know, we did, I did my match point predictor. It'll drop in there. Which we'll do <laughs> just later on. But I think I did Ireland, Ireland by 20. Did you? Ireland by 20. And, and to be honest, right, I want to be proven wrong. I want to see Wales from the kickoff. We've looked, we've looked. I think we're struggling with the I, I was struggling with um, struggling with uh, with intensity, and I think we're struggling with not having crowds. So for me, yeah, I'd like to. Um, I just want to see him go out and fucking hit someone, <laughs> smash one in a tackle, do something, do something different, surprise me. I want Wales to surprise me. Anyway, that's enough about Wales. I think at the moment we are talking a bit more about Wales because we're in a bit of yeah. shit state. Scotland. So I'll, I'll, do, I'll do my quick Wales bit then. So because I've got Ireland by twelve, so I do think Wales will get a reaction at least for the first half. But I just think the difference will be, and I still, and, I, and a part of me does think it was the difference when Scotland played Wales as well. I just think uh, the physicality will end up being too much because Ireland are a very physical team, and um, I don't. I just. I think Wales have, since Sean Edwards has gone, they've, they've lost a bit of the physicality. I think, to me, that's been intensity. one of the biggest issues. Yeah. And the intensity, yeah. So that's why I, th- I think Wales will be well in the game um, for an hour. And then I, I think Ireland will, will probably pull away. Um, that's just that's just my, my thing with it. Um, obviously, I've said what I think about about giving the youngers, younger guys a chance. But I put Ireland by 12, I've got. Ireland by 12. Oh, you're nicer yeah. than me. <laughs> right. Anyway, let's move on to uh, the Scots. Enough about Wales. I mean, there's only so much misery I can go through. <laughs> so, so Scotland. So I did. I did all right. I picked out the starting fifteen. I got twelve right, and then I got four of the sub, five of the subs right as well. So I was, I was buzzing. Um. So I think uh, Fraser Brown's been injured in training. So and so did George Horn apparently. So that's why they're not in the team. Obviously, uh, Thompson's kept his place at eight, so it's um, same front eight except for McAnally and at hooker. And in the backs, um, James Lang's been dropped to the bench, so Sam Johnson's come in, and obviously Dunkey Weir has come in at ten as well. First time, first start for Scotland in four years, I think. 
and then Van der Merwe's coming in the backs. Um, so it's really, really exciting back three. So if we're uh, Lang and Harris, uh, we're Johnson Harris can get the ball out to um, Darcy Graham, Van der Merwe and Hogg. Really, really exciting back three, and uh, hopefully they can get some some decent ball. Um, it's good to see Skinner and Haining on the bench as well. Good to see them back in. And WP now after his performance for Edinburgh the other week, he's got himself back in. Um, so it'll be interesting. Sam Hildago Klein as well. He's uh, got his first opportunity to get a Scotland cap for a few years as well. So it's good. What a hell of a comeback from him. What a so he's been away travel like doing all his different clubs and all that. And he's obviously made the move to Exeter, won the won the league, won Europe, and now he's getting a Scotland call up and uh, going to get a Scotland cap again. So a hell of a about being making jokes of it, COVID's actually been pretty good to uh, Samuel Dargo Klein in that front. So I think for me, so I'm, I'm quite glad he's made a couple of changes, uh, which is good. He's not just rested on his laurels and gone, you know, we're going to give, uh, you know, and just played the same team. Um, Thompson gets another go at eight, which I think, I, th- I said Cornell Dupree would get given a chance. He's not even in the squad. So it shows what I know. But um, it'd be good to give uh, Thompson another go. He's not really strung a few games together for Scotland. And obviously, the more he plays, you expect the bigger impact they'll have. So I think it's a big game for him as well. Um, you know, And a big game for the back row because Italy have got a good back row with Negri, Paledri, and I assume it's Stain playing. I'm, I'm not sure who, who's playing eight. But that'll be a big battle for them. Um, and it'll be interesting to see Sam Johnson, you know, because uh, Lang's been dropped, which... He's not been good for Scotland, but he's like he's not been good from an attacking point of view. But he's been very, very good defensively, which Johnson is as well. I like to give him and Harris another game or two together to like try and gel a partnership. You know, Sam Johnson's only played two games since we've been back from since back rugby's been back playing, and they were last two weeks. So I'm still not sure he's going to be up to the pace of the game, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, but for me, I can't see anything other than a Scotland victory. I've just probably jinxed it. Um, but it'd be good to see how Scotland can attack without Hastings and Russell at 10 and to see if Weir can step into that role and or Lang if he gets on for 20 minutes, half hour in the second half to play 10. You know. So we, uh, we, we kind of predicted that Scotland would go strong. Um, I think Italy played well in the first half against England, but obviously then he took over, and with you, I do expect Scotland to win. Um, I do expect them to win. Um, yeah, them going strong didn't shock me at all. I do think it's quite a turnaround from Townsend, and I suppose it's good coaching. It's quite a turnaround to have Sam Hidalgo flying on the bench, um, considering he's, he picked Horn and Steele. Do you know if there's injuries to any of them players? So, yeah, Horn, Horn got injured in training, apparently, but, I mean... Horn didn't even make, you know, he didn't get in the squad for the last game anyway. Yeah. So uh, and he, he struggled to nail down a starting position for Glasgow as well because Ali Price always plays ahead of him. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think my point is originally those Steele, Horn, and Price were picked. Price has been his first choice. Um, and obviously, you know, he's changed his mind. He's put the four scrum halves in and he's obviously gotten ahead of Steele. So. I mean that's I think that's down to good form at Exeter, isn't it? So it's quite a big turnaround, but I think that's good coaching. At least Townsend has gone. Listen, I was wrong. I've got him in training. The guy is playing really well. So yeah, good turnaround. Um, I think for me, I I think I text you saying, and I, I got it wrong actually. I text you saying, Bard 
Bard Dunkey Way, no neck. Um, and that was his song, his 15. But I suppose I forgot number eight still a bit of a debate, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, apart from it is, number eight, like, it's probably eight, eight could be. It could be anywhere. I think Matt. I think Matt Ferguson will be eight if he stays fit, but he just doesn't stay fit. So not Bradbury, no Bradbury, no. He just he, he's um so like Bradbury carries you know, but he he carries a bit. He's a bit of a CJ stander. He just carries into the man, carries into the man. He doesn't look for a weak shoulder, um, and he doesn't offload or anything like that. Matt Ferguson's just got that. He's a bit more dynamic with it. Um, He's better in the you know loose and things like that. You know he'll he'll ta- he'll he'll go for a, sh- a shoulder and you know and break a tackle. Bradbury tends to hit the first man. You know they might take him a while to get him down, but he doesn't really carry for great distance, in no. my opinion. No. Not for the size of him, and he just tends to just run into contact rather than you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like you say, I mean, hopefully, you know, because I mean, I, I want to see Scotland do well. Hopefully, you know, Donkey wears. You know, Townsend's got hold of him. You know, I mean, he should be full of confidence now because it's his job, isn't it? Unless he gets injured, yeah. it's his job now for, I'd imagine, the He's rest of the games. tournament. He's got four so, games to yeah. position. So, you know, hopefully, you know, I'd imagine Townsend's got hold of him and said, listen, forget about, you know, the other players, whatever. This is your position. So, uh, I mean, Sam Johnson's probably a big, a big plus, I think. Now you can have uh, sort of another carrier. Uh, a player. Hopefully, he's sort of match fit now, and he's he's got a bit of form. But I know he hasn't played the best for Glasgow when he's when he's gone back. But at least at least he's had chance to play before he's playing for Scotland. You know, Wales are trying to play players into fitness, and I do like the way Scotland have sent players back. So yeah, interesting. No, well, I don't think they're this time, but um, but they have done. So I mean, I think. Like most Italian games, I know it's away as well, isn't it? I think, you know, first half, be a bit of an arm wrestle. Um, you know, the Italian back row is top class. That Jake Pelledri, he's, he's got some Welsh ancestry, which is a pity we didn't pick him because uh, <laughs> he would have uh, either been class for us right now. Um, uh, the back row's class, in it? Negri, Pelledri, uh, Stain. I think they'll cause you problems. But I, I can't see, you know, I, I can't see anything but a, a, a Scotland win convincingly, I think. I think, I can't remember what I put on the match pint. I think it was 15 points, I think, maybe I put. Um, I've, I've gone 18, 18 to Scotland. That's uh, so why I think I went 15. So, you know, I, I'm not, and I'm not trying to do a disservice to Scotland, but their attack hasn't been great. And obviously, Donkey Ware is a different player to Russell and Hastings, so that's kind of why where I've gone with that. But yeah, I expect you to win. Um, you know, and start the campaign off strong. I, I can't see him. I think the Fiji game will, will change a few players, but I, I can't see him changing the team too much. Obviously, without injuries during the tournament, because obviously I want to keep this confidence and uh, winning streak going, money. Oh yeah, I definitely think this is like Townsend sees this as an opportunity to to really bring some momentum. And in fairness, like I mean, I think if Scotland if they beat uh, Italy, they win five in a row. I think it is, or is it five in a row, six in a row for the first time in however many years. If they win against 
France, I think France is the second game, that's their biggest winning run since 1989-1990. And then if they win against Fiji the last game, I think it's their biggest winning run ever. So like there is actually like a little record out there for them to get. And there's no reason why they should be scared of any of the teams in their in their group. France, maybe if they had all their players, but it's probably unlikely they're gonna have that for, for the Scotland game because of their rules about playing three games. Yeah, I don't I don't think they are. I think I think the big guns are playing I think Fiji, the big guns are playing the last game against Fiji. Yeah, this week. I haven't looked at the team yet, but yeah, I think first game, uh, first game against Fiji. Yeah, playing the la- their last one. Yeah, yeah, their yeah. last one, and then yeah, that's it. Yeah, so yeah, I don't, I, you know what I mean. I mean, there's a lot of talent in France and stuff, and there's a lot of good youngsters, but you know, they're either going to potentially put uh, youngsters in, or they're going to go back to the tried and tested of sort of Para and Camille Lopez and stuff. I don't think. They're scary anymore, really. You know, Para's definitely not the same player. So, I mean, like anything else, we everyone always says it, but France are unpredictable, and I think they will be more unpredictable this tournament because because of you know you're not going to be facing Dupont and Intermac and Bakatower and Fiku and great time to play him. It's great, like you say, you potentially could be playing a final um, yeah. in four weeks' time. So, yeah. Yeah, a lot to look forward to. With uh, I mean, I mean, uh, there's less talking points about Scotland, and I don't mean that to be rude, but because you're playing so well, you're not in the turmoil that Wales are in. Yeah, if this had been after the Rugby World Cup, it'd, it'd be been the yeah. other way around, and we'd be talking about Scotland and not so much about Wales. Absolutely. Of course, yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, and it is kind of a, a, a flip, isn't it? I mean, we, we start this podcast because most weekends. We always talked about rugby. We always talked, you know, shit about rugby. We we generally have the same opinions and things. And when we were having these conversations a year back, maybe two years back, these this whole scenario is flipped, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know, that's I mean, that's the um, that's the thing. I mean, I, obviously, I don't want to do Scotland a service. You know, I want to talk about Scotland as much as you want. It's just, I just, like you say, I, I find this a very cut and dry game this weekend. Um, you know, I hope I'm not putting a, a jinx on it or anything like that. Like, but you, you know, you're playing well. He's picked a strong team. I don't think there's any shocks, and it is there. I mean, there's no, no one way you go. Oof. You know, um, decent, decent bench as well. Obviously, we don't know what Lang's going to be like at ten, but obviously, King Horn's a good player to bring on. Hidalgo Klein's a good player to bring on. Hidalgo Klein can play ten as well. Obviously, um. And King Ongan, apparently. Kebble, um, strong off the bench, Skinner, you know, so... The bench, the bench is, is obviously, is a very, very good bench. You've got George Turner, um, Ollie Kebble and WP now. So you, you change the front row. Might not be as good and loose, but it's still a very, very good bench. Very good yeah. front three to tip on. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, all positives for Scotland, really. Um yeah. We don't know what's going to happen at the weekend, do we? You know, anything can happen. You know, hopefully three players from Ireland get sent off in the first half and Wales will just smash him. Um, oh, Mahoney, yeah. get rid of him. He's a prick. Oh, Mahoney. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. Um, right, OK. So, we'll quickly uh, go through the Pro 14. I think, yeah, again, it wasn't exactly the most exciting of weekends. The Pro 14 is a bit depressing at the moment, more so because... Premier Sports need to fucking have a word of themselves. The coverage the other night for the uh, Edinburgh-Cardiff game, 
I just thought it was me with the link going down, but it sounds like everyone else had a problem. Um, yeah, I don't I think. I don't think they do the best coverage anyway. I don't. It's. I don't know. There's something about them. Maybe because I have to pay to watch it, and when I'm paying to watch some of the dross at the moment, it's. I suppose it's harder. But yeah, <laughs> Premier Sport. So, first game to be played at the weekend was Ospreys Leinster. No shot. Leinster winning twenty six seven. Ospreys actually went seven 0 up early. Got a penalty try, and Leinster player put in the bin. Leinster seemed to play better when they were down to 14 men. Just, uh, just a machine, aren't they? I don't know what else to say about Leinster, to be honest now. There's not a lot you can say. I do think, I've said Ospreys up and down season. I do think it'll be an up and down season for them. Uh, the next game was Scarlets versus Zebra. Frustrating game to watch. Fucking oh, Just, I think Scarlets were doing their best to kind of lose the game. Oh, mate, it was, I couldn't believe it. Um. I mean, the only, the only plus side, Jack Morgan in the back row, I think he's going to be an unbelievable player. Um, that was the number seven. I think you text me about him as well. Um, yeah. Very, very good player. I think he's only 20. Uh, I think he's got a bright future. I, I see him being in a Wales, Wales jersey in the next couple of years, I'd imagine. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the Scarlets were doing the best to kind of lose that game. Lots of mistakes, just... Something wrong with the Scarlets at the moment. I said it every week, but yeah, no, it was bad. At one point, I thought the Scarlets can't lose to Zebra at home. So, yeah, very poor. Uh, then you had Edinburgh versus Cardiff, and Edinburgh won 18 0. Um, like you said, it was frustrating to watch because I couldn't watch it. <laughs> I couldn't watch it probably. Yeah. And then the second half, it wasn't just the technical difficulties. The second half, all that miscale, the fog came in. You could hardly see the game anyway, could you? No, but from an Edinburgh point of view, I mean, that Chamberlain came in and played at 10 and he was very good. And I think Pergos, I know he got man of the match, so I'm not just saying, but he was very good, Pergos. We managed the game very well and probably was a nice calming influence for um, for Chamberlain. Um, but I thought like the back row of Bradbury, Crosby and Miller were very, very good as well for, for Edinburgh on the, on the bits that I could see anyway. Uh, that's a, I can't really give the best breakdown of it because I couldn't see it. I mean, Jared Evans wasn't playing. I don't know. I don't know whether he went. He might have been called up for Wales. There's been nothing official, but I think he might have been with the Wales team because Pats were injured. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of making that up in my head, but that's me the position on it. So, yeah, a bit disappointing for Cardiff. They started the season well and they've sort of dropped down a bit. I think that's. I'm not sure they've got enough power in the forwards. It was nice to see Sam Moore come off off the bench early and have a a good run out. Um, big things been made to Sam Moore signing for uh, for the Blues, um, but he's had a lot of injury problems. So good for him to get a run out. But yeah, I mean, I can't really say much about it except for Premier Sports can go fuck themselves. And then, the ones, they? Yeah, they do definitely. Uh, especially when everyone's having to pay for stuff at the moment. Everyone's having to pay for Amazon Prime. If you want to watch European stuff, it's BT Sports. You know, yeah. Uh, the other game was I didn't watch this. Was Ulster Glasgow, which Ulster won forty points to fifteen. Didn't sound the greatest game. The Cooney have a blinder. So I had both on. I had, I had my iPad on, and then I had someone else's iPad on. Managed to watch both games kind of simultaneously. The, the the coverage on this one was a bit better. Didn't keep stopping every two minutes. Um, 
So I suppose from, from from like a Glasgow point of view, like at times he started off like a house of fire, and at times he looked very very good. But they're so weak defensively. Like every time um, Ulster attacked, it looked like it was going to be a try, um, which was a, was quite annoying. It was like a bit of a um, experimental Glasgow team. Like in the centre, you had McDowell and um, Robbie Ferguson. And Robbie Ferguson's not played for Glasgow for about four and a half years or something like that. He's a seventh player, but he did all right. McDowell did all right. Um, but I think they need to stop this, this playing Peter Horn at 10, especially against the better teams. Um, you've got Brandon Thompson. He's a 10, and he looked all right when he came on, uh, Thompson. Play Thompson at 10. Play, play, play Horn at 12 if you want, if you want two ball players in there. You know, um, Tom Gordon looked pretty decent in the back row, but other than that, it was... Um, it, it wasn't great. Uh, Grant Stewart did all right, I suppose, as well. Uh, but obviously, as, as I said before, Glasgow and uh, Scotland didn't release any players, and Danny mm. Wilson had a little bit of a, a little bit of a spat about it. But like, boo hoo! Play, play, play some young lads. Give them a game. You know, there's 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 plenty of young lads that he could have given a game to, and he did in the end. And um, you know, I think this season is going to be like a rebuilding one for Glasgow. I think uh, I don't think anything expect anyone expects too much from them, um, especially while all the internationals are going on. So um, yeah, I mean, but, the thing for me with Pro 14 this year, I mean, people are, are getting into the Welsh regions or Welsh rugby as it is, and I agree, it's about winning and stuff. The only thing I will say is there is a lot of good youngsters who are getting exposure at the moment. Um, and the other way to look at it is if the internationals were there, they wouldn't be playing. You know, yeah, exactly. Like, it's a chance like, for players to step up and put, put their hand up. I mean, of course it is. I mean, yeah, you look at that, I suppose, about well, that Jack Morgan, he's 20 years old. He looks like a, a huge prostate watching him play for under 20. He's getting a lot of game time at the Scarlet. That can only be good for him. I know, obviously, you want to win games. You want to win games convincingly. You know, I do think this is... I don't know. I don't want to say a throwaway season because of what's going on, but it's not the same. You know, um, if you listen to players, I don't know. Do you, have you listened to that Rugby Pass podcast with uh, like Dylan Hartley, Ryan Wilson, Zebo, and Jamie Roberts? No, do you have to pay for it, do you? No, 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 no. No, it's on Just Spotify. On Apple. Yeah, it's on Apple or Spotify or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, really interesting, mate. There's a really good story. The, the one this week. Ryan Wilson tells a story about you know the um, the kickoff at Murrayfield oh, with, with Owen Farrell. So he tells a really good story um, to the point where when Scotland played at Twickenham the year after, um, he organised to do some speaking events at Twickenham for the game, and the RFU got in touch with him to say that you were not he wasn't welcome at Twickenham. <laughs> because the year before, yeah, no, it's really funny. Uh, yeah, it's a good podcast actually. Dylan Hartley's not that bad. Zebo, Jamie Roberts, yeah, it's quite, it's a really good podcast. You should listen to it. But he was saying like he's really like the the struggling without the fans and stuff. It's just not the same. It's not the same rugby. Yeah. And stuff. It's really good that they're playing. He's not complaining about. It. He just said yeah. So I think it is almost a throwaway season. I, I don't want to say that because you want to win, but it's not the same, is it? It's not the same season. It's the same with internationals, you know. When they stood there singing national anthems and nothing's coming back, I just it must be horrendous for the players. Yeah, no, so, agreed, yeah. Uh, the games this weekend, obviously, you've got the other Amazon Cup games going on. Um, but you've got Saturday, you've got Connacht versus Scarlet at half seven. Sunday, you've got Munster versus Osprey. Sorry, Connacht, Scarlet. So I'd probably go Connacht because they're at home. 
Uh, I'm going to go Scarlet. So. Right, okay. Uh, you got Munster versus Ospreys, uh, quarter to three on Sunday, Munster. Monday, you got Cardiff versus Treviso in Cardiff. I'm going to go Cardiff. Gonna go Cardiff Card. versus Treviso. Yeah, yeah. and oh, then you go Dragons is postponed, isn't it? It is, yeah. And then you got Leinster, Edinburgh, Leinster in it. Leinster. <laughs> Although Edinburgh have turned the season around a little bit the last two games. Yeah. Um, the, the only other thing about whether the way they do the fixtures, I don't actually mind Monday night games. It's quite nice to watch a bit of rugby. What is annoying me though is that you've got Cardiff, Treviso, and Leinster, Edinburgh start and within half an hour of each other, so you can't really watch both games. It's like kind of annoying. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind it particularly when, um, because like at the moment there's going to be internationals on the weekend, so I'm happy just to get to see more rugby on a Monday night. Yeah, no, I am, I am, but like I, to be honest, I have an interest in watching Edinburgh and Glasgow just because of obviously the podcast as well. So it's kind of, um, yeah, I don't know, but it is nice to watch it midweek as well. I, I'll admit that. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that's everything. We've, we've broke down Wales and Scotland and the shit show that it is. But, uh, yeah, uh, thanks very much for listening. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us or... Oh, actually, one thing. I asked a question, didn't I? asked a question about if you could pick two players uh, from a nation, any nation to play for your nation, who would they be? And we know Radrad is your, your back. Who, him, who I went him and, uh, and Aldrich from Aldrich. France as well. Aldrich, yeah. Frenchman from Condor. Yeah. So I was, I've been stuck on this and I was stuck between, because I was thinking, what would Wales need? So I was stuck between Ardy Sabaya and Peter Steftatoy as the forward. And yeah. I, I've gone for Peter Steftatoy because he's just, I mean, world player of the year, and he, but he's class, can play second yeah. row and back row. And then my back, I was stuck between Radraja and Barrett because Barrett can play 10 and 15 and he's pretty much world class in both. But I've got to go for got to go for a semi, haven't I? Yeah, everyone loves a semi. Yeah. So there was, uh, we asked the question on that rugby chat, uh, rugby chat and banter on Facebook, and I got loads of responses. Thank you very much for everyone who did, if you are listening. Uh, but there was a lot, a lot for Raj Raja. There was one bloke who said, uh, "Faff the clerk for both positions because England had too many great forwards." Um, yeah, uh, they have got a great forward, Pat, but they could definitely. You're telling me Brody Retallick couldn't play in the second row for uh, England. Yeah, <laughs> um, they could probably do some of South African front rowers as well. Yeah, so Dupont, Dupont. God, there was a lot of Dupont shouts, a lot of Red Raja shouts. There was a two sober shout, which I, you know, I can't disagree with. I mean, it's it's a great. Someone said to me, I said, oh, it's hard to pick because there's so many players. That's what makes it a great question because there were so many great players to pick. Um, who else? Um, yeah, Radrada came up, Dupont. Um, yeah, too many, but anyway, thank you very much. For, I should have wrote them down, but thank you very much for everyone who got involved in that. Um, always great to have a bit of feedback when we're asking questions for the pod. If you do want to get in touch with us, you can do on Twitter, which is at DT Rugby Pod, or Instagram and Facebook, which is Dragon Thistle Rugby. Um, the other thing that we, we do, and we, we mentioned it earlier, so um, we got involved and uh, we downloaded the Match Pint app and we've set up our own league. And basically, it's a, it's a, they've called it the Match Pint Predictor. Uh, you join the league and then you just have to predict the scores or what, or what you think, how you think the teams will get on. So this weekend, I predicted Ireland to beat Wales by 20. Um, 
Scotland to be Italy. This is back. just for the yeah. It's just for the autumn nations, isn't it? Yeah, it's just for the autumn nations. Uh, we will set one up for the Six Nations, obviously, uh, in February. But yeah, if you download the Match Pint app, uh, uh, set up your profile, and then um, you can find our league. The code for the league is DTR, all in capital letters. Uh, there was someone on Twitter who said they had an issue, but we've obviously already had some people coming in. Yeah, join in. Join in. So we've got a, a little mini league going. you just got to predict it, um, predict the scores. Uh, I believe that you can win You can win drinks from Guinness um, as well. So you can win pints of Guinness or beer, whatever beer it is. I think, I think it's Guinness. Um, just from your predictions. Uh, just a bit of banter. Just got a banter for the... Uh, during the Autumn Nations um, I think what we'll try and do I know I owe a couple of forfeits which I'm going to try and get done I do know we need to start that quiz again just so I can get you back but I think what we'll do is we'll do a, I think whoever wins or loses between me and Mike we'll do um, we'll do a, we'll do a forfeit and I think we've said we'd do a a prize didn't we whoever tops yeah, the league we'll do a prize yeah we'll come up with something uh, we'll do a mystery prize. Uh, we'll do a, a mystery prize for anyone who wins the league. So yeah, get involved. I'm not sure if there's because obviously Wales are playing at seven tomorrow night. So I'm not sure if there's a cutout time. But if this podcast is going out at seven o'clock in the morning tomorrow, so yeah, get get in. We have advertised it on the Twitter. Yeah, if you can Instagram you can find you can find it all on Twitter and Instagram. We've had a, a bit of bit of chit chat with actually the Match Bank guys today as well on uh, Twitter, which you'll be able to see. Uh, so yeah that's that's everything from me how about yourself Mike yeah that's it from me mate yeah um, I'm looking forward to the rugby this weekend plenty of rugby to watch so uh, it should make the weekend go nice and quick um, but no uh, alcohol for me unfortunately we're still kind of on a mini lockdown um, and where we are there's no booze uh, at the moment so uh, it'll be uh, kind of Coke Zero I think yeah, so at the moment I'm working Saturday morning, so I don't think any beers for me. But yeah, plenty of rugby to enjoy this weekend. Obviously, good luck to Wales, good luck to Scotland. Let's hope there's two victories. Good I'm going to be positive. Georgia. Good luck to Georgia. Come on, the Georgians. Even if you could just put, even if you just put Farrell, just put Farrell down. Let's finish him off. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, thanks very much. Oh, last thing, November. I'm still doing November. I'm going to change my style up a little bit this week, so the, the task is going to be different. I will update that on our social medias. If you would like to um, donate, obviously, small, big, doesn't matter if it's a couple of quid, uh, please donate. The links are in our descriptions, I think, on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, thank you to anyone who has already uh, donated, Ratty and Sarah Hutch. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. But yeah. Can we go uh, for that- Hitler Tash, please? Defo, no Hitler Tash, mate. Sorry. Uh, I suppose you'd probably get away with it because wearing a mask and I can't really do, I can't really go out and do anything anyway. So uh, yeah, definitely no Hitler Tash, mate. The missus hates the Tash anyway. I'm going to keep it over Christmas. See what she says. Uh, but yeah, no, thanks very much for listening and uh, enjoy the rugby this weekend. We'll take care, boy. Boy.